This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Georgia Bulldogs are your national champions after winning in absolutely butt-kicking fashion, taking TCU behind the woodshed, showing them who the bosses of college football are right now, and an outcome for even for somebody that predicted a blowout win. I was stunned that by halftime, this game was over. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, getting you caught up on everything you need to know about the national championship game. We're in L.A., and look, I'm going to just be honest with you. It's breakfast burrito time. Harry Douglas just took a big old bite of his breakfast burrito. I'm gonna, I'm, I want to find a question to ask him just because it makes him talk with his mouth full, but I'm proud of you, buddy, because you're able to eat and drink your Sprite while it's going on, and you never once burp. Like, I, one of my cute charms, I think, during the breaks is occasionally I like to lean into the mic and just expel a little energy. Yeah, and you to, don't approve yeah, I have of to this. tell myself, don't knock you across your damn head so I don't lose my job either. All right, Georgia absolutely went in last night and demolished TCU, right? We all know that they have, uh, they, they've sort of staked their claim. And as we've talked about a lot over the course of the day, it has led to a Georgia conversation about where they're headed. Uh, because, frankly, when you do back-to-back things, when you win the back-to-back championships, and now you have the opportunity to come in and you have the opportunity to show the world that you can be three-time defending champions. I mean, that is the difference. Like, there is such an easy opportunity for a lot of teams to check out and just be like, this is what we do, this is who we are. When you have the opportunity to do what Alabama's never done, when you have the opportunity to do what Nick Saban has never done, that hits different. I think this Georgia team is going to go in more fired up than ever, than ever this season, because they know that there's an opportunity to put your name in the history books where they will always, in the words of Harry Douglas, have respect on it. I also think this is going to be the hardest year, I think, coaching-wise for Kirby Smart because of the success of the Georgia Bulldogs the last two years. And right, and coming into this season, this team was, you know, you had a little bit of carryover, but it was different. You had guys out there playing in that national championship game last night that did not contribute in 2021. Right? That's, that's just, a, it's just, just a known factor. And then you also, you're having a boatload of recruits that are going to be coming in as well. But, you know, also from a head coaching perspective, trying to not let your guys be complacent and think that just because you won a national championship two years in a row, that you're just going to be there in 2023 now granted you look at the georgia bulldogs and their schedule i think they're going to be there well they have an opportunity i know they're going to probably make the college football playoffs because of their schedule Uh, i think their hardest game they have right now would be at tennessee at tennessee versus tennessee volunteers and the sec championship game whoever they face and chris doran was on earlier he thinks that potentially could be a rematch between them and LSU. Now, granted, I have to mention Alabama does have the number one recruiting class in college football this season, so don't just count them out. Mm-hmm. But the quarterback uh, position is a question mark for the Alabama Crimson Tide moving forward. I don't think Georgia has that um, that that question mark because of Beck, and we've seen him. I thought I thought it was meaningful for him to, to get into the game last year, uh, last night in junk time, and actually get some meaningful reps. Right, a lot of those young guys for Georgia were able to do that, but and that's part of why I think Georgia kept pressing a little bit in the fourth quarter. Yes, because they were using this. They they're not pressing it's out there because they want to embarrass TCU. It's a bigger right. picture. Uh, Kirby's looking picture. at it saying like, I, I got to get these guys ready to do this next year. I love every these guys got to play a major role in what our success is going to be in 2023. 
I also think for Georgia and Kirby Smart, what he has to do with this football team coming up next season is make sure those guys are comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right? I think when you know when you're comfortable in a lot of situations, I think complacency starts to kick in, and you don't always put forth you know your best efforts. So I think putting those guys in that in this team in 2023 in uncomfortable positions that will allow them to grow as a team. I love that you said that because I this summer was uh, at a music video shoot, right? And there were a couple of Bama players there. And we were in the gym and they're shooting around, just playing a little basketball. So I'm just talking to them, right? Shooting the shot. You know how that goes. And I asked him, I was like, man, how long did it take to get over like the loss to Georgia in the Natty? Right? Just having a conversation. And one of the guys looked at me, he's like, two seconds? We're the better football team. Never really, like, we didn't worry about it at all. And I walked away from that. And I said this on one of our preseason shows that we did for college football. I walked away from that moment saying, man, they don't have that fire. They don't have that dog. Because there are certain, like, when I talk to the great former players that I've worked with at ESPN, when you talk to the greats that play the game, and you ask a question like that, how long did it take to get over? I expected an answer of something like, man, I'm still not over it. It still rules my soul. It's still killing me, right? Like, I expected some sort of fire. They were laughing about it. They're like, they weren't any good. They just beat us because we were banged up and we didn't play right, but we'll be fine. And what did you see this year? You saw an Alabama team that was less disciplined than we're used to seeing. They yep. didn't seem to pay attention to the fine details the way we're used to seeing. You saw an Alabama team that didn't have that fire. What did we see yesterday? We saw a Georgia team that came out and made it very clear that they were going to assert their dominance. They got that fire. And Fitz, I'll tell you this. When you put yourself in uncomfortable positions or, you know, if others put you in an uncomfortable position, that's, that's different than, you know, certain other instances in life, right? I think it allows you to grow in ways that you never thought uh, or you never imagined. And I think that's good for guys that their age. I think it's good for, you know, relationships. I think it's good for fatherhood or parenthood. I think it's good in business. When you put yourself in uncomfortable position, it allows you to grow, man. And being comfortable, just it allows you to be complacent in a lot of different ways. Because you're not going to always, like I just mentioned, put forth your best efforts because you always feel like, you know what, I got this. It's in the bag. I'm cool with it. My I mean, spot can't be taken. The next thing you know, somebody that has been put in an uncomfortable position, they're growing in ways that you aren't growing. Now they do come take your position. I mean, isn't that a little bit what we both lived through transitioning? Like, for yep. we're sitting here together, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, two guys that made a decision to go into media later in life, right? Like, yep. we, we put ourselves in very uncomfortable situations and then, like, did it with the level of you, you hope you're going to grow through it, you hope you're going to listen to it, you hope you're going to find Like, it finds a fire in the right people. That's, right. That's what Kirby Smart's going to have to do right now. He's going to have to find ways to continually make them uncomfortable to keep pushing them to grow. Now, at his press conference, he talked a little bit about what he thinks the biggest challenge for Georgia is moving forward. This is what Coach said. The biggest challenge is the same thing it is in all of the world. The world we live in today, it's society we live in, entitlement. So the minute that you think you're entitled to, to winning games and, and you don't have to work hard, Coach, Coach Dykes and I were talking about it, you know, the, the uphill battle for those guys is you think that you just inherit success and uh, I personally think next year is going to be a much, much more difficult challenge over this year because we had so many guys leaving last year. Uh, we got a lot of guys coming back. Yeah, he mentions a lot of guys coming back. If you look right now at most mocks, there are projected uh, five-ish uh, George Bulldogs to go in the first round. In the first round, and that would be tight end Darnell Washington, offensive talk, tackle Broderick Jones, uh, Keely Ringo, the corner, the defensive end Nolan Smith, and, of course, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, that is going to be a very, very high draft pick. 
five is a ton in the first round, and five would be less than they had last year in this first round. Like, <laughs> there's a moment for Georgia where this is just what they do and who they are, and they're going to have to make a little bit of an adjustment not having Stetson Bennett, who has, has gone from being a guy that barely has a spot on the roster to going to being, as you said earlier, the, you know, the most famous, the best Georgia Bulldog of all time, right? Like, there's going to be an, an issue here for Kirby Smart. How do I can, how do I maintain the culture that I've created, and how do I maintain a sense of urgency? Yeah, and I think they have they have a lot of carryover, though, from last year's team and this year's team, guys who are going to be older, right? And they're going to be able to lead and guide the younger players along the way. And I think when you're Kirby Smart and you have these veteran players on your football team, you look at people like Brock Byers and A.D. Mitchell, he's going to be older next year as well. They can grab these younger players. And I would even use Mikael Williams. Even though he is a freshman this year, <laughs> He's going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to lean on next year. And I think he's going to be another guy that's going to be a first-round draft pick. We haven't even talked about 2024, 2025 guys that can potentially be first-round draft picks on this team. But you got to listen to Coach on that one because yesterday you said Williams was going to have to have a big day. They needed help from other people. And what we see in the first quarter, we saw Georgia finding a way to get other guys involved. That's right. Straight up, straight out from the from the outset. And Brock Bowers, I mean, I saw somebody tweet it last night. And, you know, of course, a little bit joking, but the tweet was – Brock Bowers be the second best tight end in the NFL right now. But there's this moment of like Brock Bowers isn't isn't playing a kid's game. Like no. Brock Bowers is out there playing a man's game. And he's also and he's a guy like that a I thought like in his freshman year if he could if, if he was eligible to go to the uh, National Football League that he was going to be a first round draft pick then. <laughs> but they have get... another young cat in Oscar Delp. That's going to be another phenomenal tight end that, that comes to Georgia. They're just man, listen, they're 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 bringing them in, they're spitting them out. Bringing them in, spitting them out. Bringing them in, spitting them out. It's funny because in life, in business, in society, momentum is really hard to get, right? And it's really easy to lose for a lot of people. Right now, it feels like Georgia has so much momentum because they've finally seen the results to the recruiting classes that they have. And now, whatever the yeah but has ever been for Georgia is completely erased. And when you take away all of the little seeds of doubt that have been planted, and when you suddenly get to that spot where you're rolling and you're restocking, it is hard to imagine that they won't find themselves winning a third national title. That being said, could the one thing stopping Kirby Smart from a third straight title be the appeal of the NFL? We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The Georgia Bulldogs, as the clock goes to two and one, are the national champions. First repeat champions in the college football playoff era. That's Sean McDonough on ESPN Radio. As Georgia wins the national championship in blowout fashion, it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys can hang out with us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, our Wolfpack joined now. We grow by one as we're joined by Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show on SEC Network and the ESPN app. Paul, always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, absolute butt kicking. We all saw it last night. We were all, we were all there last night. Uh, one of the funny things this morning is we came in. We were talking about one of your takes recently, talking about Kirby Smart leaving for the NFL. If you're Kirby and you're making all the money and you have all the power, why in your mind do you think he would look to the league? 
I don't think he will right now. Uh, I, I think there may come a point, but you, you're you're 100 correct, uh, Fitz. I mean, he's got, he's got everything uh, that he's always worked for, that he's always wanted, uh, and, and there's just no reason to leave. And frankly, I can't think of a place that would even interest him. And when you're making 12 million bucks a year, uh, the NFL really doesn't offer you very much. Kirby Smart's in his late 40s. Uh, he may come. A, there may come a time 10 years from now. Let's say he's won a couple more titles. That, that he would be intrigued by, but not today. We also got to remember, Paul, Kirby Kirby was in Miami with the Dolphins with Nick in 2006 as a safeties coach. So he's mm. already dabbled in that a little bit. But I want to go to something that, you know, Kirby Smart said last night about their quarterback. And we're going to play this audio for you because I thought it was fascinating. He's the greatest dog of all time, in my opinion. Now, when you look at Stetson Bennett, you look at Herschel Walker, you look at David Pollock. All the things that Stetson Bennett has been, been been able to overcome at this juncture in his career, would you consider him the greatest Georgia Bulldog of all time? No, I, I would not, and, and and I don't think Kirby Smart really would either. If you if you got him uh, in a quiet moment, uh, I covered Herschel Walker uh, right out right out of school. I was beginning my career as he was playing at Georgia. And, and guys, to this day, I've never seen a better player. Uh, I've even said this to Bo Jackson's face and. He threatened to uh, break me in half once that Herschel Walker <laughs> was a better running back and, and a better player. And, and he, he was. Uh, you know, whatever you think of Herschel Walker today has nothing to do with what he did at the University of Georgia. They were in contention pretty much every year. They won one title, nearly won another one, had a shot at a third, and he was dominating. Sesson Bennett uh, has an amazing cast of characters that Herschel Walker did not have. I'm not suggesting that uh, that somebody else could have done what, what he has done because, frankly, I'm still I'm still aghast at what we saw last night in L.A. and what we've seen for the past two years because none of us thought he was going to be successful, including Todd Monk and including Kirby Smart. But he is not the uh, he he is not the greatest dog of all time if you're looking at just pure talent. We're talking to Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show on SEC Network. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. So, a lot of conversation today about Georgia and Alabama. How do you rank those two programs moving forward? I try to live in the moment, not a lifetime achievement award. I've been to every one of the Kirby Smart and Nick Saban games. I know Kirby Smart's four and one, uh, one and four against Saban. But I think today, uh, Kirby Smart is a better coach. I've seen some slippage uh, under Saban, and I'm not playing the age game. One's forty-eight, one's seventy-one. Uh, Nick Saban is, is still better than pretty much anyone else, but he's not better than Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart has the dominant program in college football right now, which means you have the dominant program in the SEC. That means instead of having to go through Nick Saban in the future, you have to go through Kirby Smart. And for all the Alabama fans that want, want to complain, hey, uh, the committee got it wrong, well, the committee found the team in TCU that knocked off the number two seed in, the, in, the, in, the, in college football and an undefeated Big Ten champion. Uh, TC wasn't ready for Georgia last night. I, I don't know if anyone would have. And I got news for Alabama fans. They wouldn't have been ready for them either. Mm, that's big. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you're not wrong. I mean, like I'm watching the Georgia team last night that just played so electric. But, but, yeah. but, I, but I also, you know, my mind also tells me that Georgia shouldn't have even been playing in that national championship because Ohio State should have beaten them, beaten them in that game before. I mean, Paul, that's we, a story for another day. Though. Are we devaluing the Big Ten in this conversation of, of pro? I know. I mean, the Big Ten sent two teams to the playoffs, and it's forgotten now. Well, you know, Harry. Uh, I mean, we, we've had this conversation about the Ohio State game, but 
I think Ohio State was was always capable of what we saw a week ago Saturday night. Uh, I don't I don't know why they laid that egg uh, against Michigan. Uh, that's a Ryan Day uh, problem, not mine. Uh, but they played up to their capabilities, and they still couldn't beat Georgia. Yeah, they had a shot, 50-yard field goal. Uh, the guy missed it. Uh, that's part of the game. Uh, but it, to me, uh, the, on the day the committee made the decision, they got it right. It looks terrible last night. I mean, that's uh, covering Alabama many, many years, I've seen some terrible football games that were supposed to be good. I mean, that's, that's possibly the worst football game that's ever been played. No, you're definitely right about that. And, Paul, we had Chris Doring on earlier, and he told us that he thought that LSU is the biggest challenger to Georgia next season. In your mind, who's the biggest challenger to Georgia in the SEC? Well, I think I, to me, I think LSU is the biggest challenge to Alabama in the West. And you, you have to remember, uh, until we go to the 12-team playoff, uh, the SEC still has divisions. Uh, they won't have them much longer. Uh, so, I mean, LSU is the school that kept Alabama out of the playoffs this year. It came down to a two-point conversion. LSU converted. Uh, I think Brian Kelly is, is building. I, I think maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I mean, they, they, they still lost four games this year. Uh, they, they have a lot going for them, but they don't have the talent that Georgia and Alabama has just yet. Uh, I think Tennessee is also a threat. Uh, but, but ultimately, I, I, don't, I don't think Georgia – is going to be is going to be had yet, and and and, I, I, and, and everyone wants to assume that Alabama will be great next year. Uh, we've just seen the most uh, impressive array of quarterbacks in maybe college football history: Jalen Hurts, Tua, uh, Mac Jones, and of course Bryce Young. We don't have any idea who the Alabama quarterback is going to be. We're pretty sure who the Georgia quarterback will be, unless somebody like uh, Caleb Williams, who a year ago considered Georgia, decides to go. And I'm not I'm not suggesting Caleb, but someone. Uh, in his time zone, in his ilk, uh, decides to go to Georgia, and then Kirby Smart might open the competition. Paul, we always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Travel safe after the championship, brother. Harry Fitz, uh, my pleasure. See you guys. Uh, love Paul. Uh, and it's, it's amazing because I think today doesn't have to be about why Georgia's better than Alabama. Today, in my mind, can be about why Georgia's great and why there are several teams right now that can contend for a national championship. Do you did you notice what, what most of our guests do before they leave? They say they first? say Harry and Fitz most of the time. You know what? I've ever told a story about the first time I met Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> first time I met Paul Feinbaum, I was in Charlotte, ESPNU, my first day ever. Marcus Spears was in the green room. He was getting changed because SEC Network's in the same room, right? Like so, Marcus Spears over in the green room getting changed. I got nowhere to get changed. I walk into the bathroom. I'm like, all right, I got nowhere to get changed. I'm just going to get changed here. The minute I drop my pants, pants on the ground, Paul Feinbaum walks in the bathroom. <laughs> just looks at me, and I was like, hey, Paul, I'm Fitz. And he just looked at me for a minute, and he's like, hey, man. That was it. That was the first time did, I met Paul. Did, so, did you think uh, at any point he was thinking, like, you're Fitz, but you're not fit? Well, well, no. I, I, <laughs> look at this. Look at the shade I'm taking. Look at the shade I'm taking. You know what? One person tells Harry that he wore a peanut butter suit, and all of a sudden he's in his feels for the, for the next day. Oh, wow. Uh, for the next day. That's going to keep coming back. That was sexy, peanut though. Suit. I'm tell- it was. It was a good look. Uh, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're going to keep breaking down the national championship game. But from one national champion quarterback – to a former quarterback in the national champion quarterback who has a different set of goals these days. We'll talk about it next. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Fitz and Harry. 
Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz and Peanut Butter Douglas next to me. You guys can hang out with us on the Dr. Pepper call. So you're saying I taste good. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I mean. There's a lot of people that love peanut butter now. I, like, I, I got nothing. Listen, you know what? I, I keep trying to think listen, of a response that won't get me fired, and I can't think of listen, one. Listen, our producers literally, <laughs> every day they probably come in and say, gosh, what are those guys going to say today? Uh, you know what? To Elle's credit, she did text me to let me know that she loves you and you caught astray unnecessarily. Oh, uh, no, I love yeah, Elle. Yeah. That's my girl. Everybody, everybody loves Elle. Girl, no. She just pointed out last night on the digital show that you maybe had a little bit of a peanut butter jacket. So it that actually, makes you a Reese's peanut butter cup, which, this? by the can, way, can Reese's peanut butter cups do taste delicious. Because I don't want you to fall on, on this this whole thing. The jacket was nowhere near the color of peanut butter. What color would you say the it jacket was? It was Hall of Fame gold. Okay, Hall of Fame gold. All right. All right. Well, you're a Hall of Famer in my book. But it was still funny, though. Yeah. It, it was funny as I don't know what. what and, you, I, and I couldn't help but Are you a peanut butter and jelly guy? I love peanut butter and jellies okay, because so, I had a weight gaining issue growing up. So, you know, peanut butter and jellies helped that out. Yeah, I was a fat kid. So peanut butter fluff sandwiches were big for me as a kid. Like the like, marshmallow? Like, like in the marshmallow little packets? Fluff? Uh, no, like I'd make the peanut butter. But you know the peanut butter uh, jelly sandwiches they make now in the little packets? Oh, the I, I little can, I, can, I can never eat those. Uh, see, because I'm see, more, I'm, I'm a more of a peanut butter guy than I am jelly guy. Right, which is why I like peanut butter and butter. Then I don't need the jelly. You just put a little butter on there, it makes the peanut butter just See, my daughter's, just slide so, on my daughter's so much different, though, because I make her lunch, I mean, every day I am home. Uh, and she, the first thing she says is, Dad, don't, don't put a lot of peanut butter, put a ton of jelly. Like, But my son... He wants more peanut butter and less jelly. What, what kind of jelly we're talking? Crepe? Oh, grape. It's grape. It's grape, yeah. right? Yeah. It's grape. Grape okay. jelly, not jam. You know the difference? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's fits in here. Because it showed on shake like that, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, pre- <laughs> we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right. There's a real conversation happening right now about whether Tua Tungavaloa is going to be available to play, right? And everybody wants to know what his status is for this weekend. This is Coach Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins at his press conference specifically about Tua's status. As far as Tua goes, has he reached the point yet where he can do non-contact practice stuff such as throwing has he been cleared for that level yet so um has not been cleared for that level yet i'm hoping to with uh all three active roster quarterbacks um they all have injury related um concerns i'm hoping to have some clarity um on wednesday um but as of right now it's literally the same if not more vague than when i just saw you guys last they are in a very tough situation right now, Harry. Can I, can I say this first, yeah. though? Mike Mc, McDaniel sounds like a guy who is stoned at all times. Literally. You know, uh, <laughs> we're going to figure it out at some time. You know, maybe. But well, players know. love him. Players no, love him. He's, 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 he's hilarious to me. And talking to Andrew Hawkins, like, he said Mike McDaniel deserved to get into the playoffs. He's worked with them, and nobody's been with Kyle Shanahan longer than he was. So he, he does a phenomenal job, but he just sounds like he's stoned yeah. at all times. I mean, I would put Mike McDaniel on the list of NFL head coaches I'd really like to party with. You know, I think like Fitz, it'd, it'd be a know, good time. Like yeah. Kawabunga Fitz, you know. So, like, what do they do, though, right now? Because they they got to wait for the doctors. Yeah. 
And it's a really interesting situation because if the doctors come in tomorrow and clear Tua it, it, in a beautiful world, then they could say, great, he's going to play. But as you've mentioned so many times, this isn't as simple. Even if the doctors do clear Tua, Tua's got to decide that he's comfortable playing and the team's got to decide it's worth the risk. Like there's a lot of variables here. There's a lot of things to unpack here uh, within this situation because me personally, I thought after Tua got that concussion against the Cincinnati Bengals in which I thought it was his second concussion, I didn't think he should have played anymore in 2022. That, that was just me because the health of a young man and who's now a father, who's a, who's a husband, I think that's, that means more than anything, right, the human being side of things. When I look at Tua now and you look at the Miami Dolphins who have made the playoffs – the question that Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, and the front office has to ask themselves is, can they live with the fact if Tua goes out here and another concussion occurs? Can you live with that? Can you live with that on your shoulders as a, as a, as a man, as a man, as a woman, as an organization, as a coach, as a general manager? Can you live with that if he goes out and plays his playoff game and another uh, concussion arises? The hard part about that is – Teams want to hide behind the concept that whatever the doctors have told them is what they're comfortable doing, yep. right? So if you're the Dolphins who have said repeatedly, hey, we're just following doctor's orders, if the doctors turn around and clear him, then there's going to be this moment of like, it raises more questions if the doctors clear him and they don't play him, or if he chooses not to play, then we're going to spend the whole next three, four months talking about the fact that like, well, the doctors cleared him, but they didn't feel comfortable with it. Are they comfortable with two as their quarterback moving forward? Like, none of this is easy to answer because it, you have to go through such a, a long process to be re-cleared by the doctors to come back in at this point. It, it's just... It makes the evaluation of, of the quarterback position almost impossible for Miami for a team that I think a month ago most of us thought had a very certain evaluation on what they're going to do. Like right right now, there's nothing more important as we keep up echoing in the NFL. There's no nothing more important than the player's health. So they got to protect the player, but they also got to figure out what their future is. I'm going to ask you a question and give me your real answer. Do you think the Miami Dolphins has a chance to win in the Super Bowl this year? No. Do you think they even have a chance of getting there? No. So they have the seven seed right now. They will have to play three games on the road, and I believe in cold weather. If I'm the Miami Dolphins in that organization, and I hate to say this because I would never think like this as a player, but I'm not talking from a player's perspective right now. I'm saying to myself, we have accomplished a goal. We've made the playoffs, right? That was a major goal of ours. I don't think I could put two out there in that football field. I'm starting whatever quarterback I got to start. You make and, and I'm living and I'm living with that. And I'm going to build off us going to the playoffs in next year. I mean, you make a good point about the playoff bracket, particularly because they would have the inevitable and the unenviable, I should say, situation when you come in as the lowest seed. You know you're going to be on the road for everything you do. So they would have to win in Buffalo. And then as the lowest seed advancing, they would have to win in, in Kansas, Kansas City. City to then get the opportunity to play whoever comes out of the NFC, which could be a team like Philadelphia or San Francisco. There is a large gap between where those teams are right now and where the Dolphins are. And so maybe you do have to have a little bit of perspective of exactly what you're fighting for and what the long-term, short-term goals are in two different like two we different. We just buckets. went through a situation in which I'll say executives and everyone dealing with the National Football League had to get back, and fans as well, had to get back to the human side of things, right, with DeMar Hamlin. Don't go out there and risk this man's life and risk him being able to be functional for his family in the future because y'all potentially want a playoff win that you probably are not going to get. 
especially if you believe, as some people have in these reports, that Tua has been you know, not always the most forthcoming about what his injury situation yeah. is. If you believe that Tua is so worried about playing that he might put himself at risk, then you have to be even more careful because they say in our business, you don't get in trouble for what you don't say into a microphone. You do get in trouble for what you do say. You're not, if you're Miami, going to get in trouble for not playing him. If you play him and, God forbid, something happens, man, every single set of eyes, every single set of microphones in the country are going to be talking the next day about Miami letting a player down. Oh, I would say this. Or, and, and I understand Mike McDaniel had a phenomenal year. He goes out there and, God forbid, this from happening and something you know happens that's not, that you don't want to, I'm firing every single person. Every single person's job should be on the line. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Every last one of them. That is the wild consequence that comes from mishandling this situation, and there is no book for how to handle these sorts of situations. Uh, obviously, we keep breaking down the NFL, but there is one conversation happening today around college football and the championships game with, that we saw last night that is absolutely wrong. We'll correct it next. Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. I like your haircut, my man. The I little like buzz it. cut. I'm Lieutenant Dan. Looking like Forrest Gump over there, my Wait, man. Does I that like make it. you Lieutenant Dan and me Forrest? <laughs> I, I'm running. I, by the way, Forrest Gump. Uh, no, I like your haircut. I like it, though. Forrest Gump, wildly overrated movie. It was not even a good movie. Oh, it's a my great goodness. soundtrack. You but just say anything right now. Like, what are you talking about? It is not an overrated movie. It, it's, 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 what, what was the point? I mean, the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks of all time, but what I'm was not the a point? Smart man. Yeah. <laughs> Perfecto. Was was Devin Devin working behind the scenes? Was Devin ready with a with a force gump drop? We didn't know we were gonna do that. You said gump and I typed in gump and we got a lot of options. I mean that is that is fast acting to an actor right there. That is that is well done. In the butt talk, sir. I mean, let's revise this take though, because here we sit a week removed from my my force gump haircut. Harry Douglas last night in the stadium pointed out, looks fresh and clean. See, when your hair grows as fast as mine does, you gotta go a little. You gotta go a little clean to anticipate the event. Last night, national championship, I wanted the sides to look perfect. Sides look perfect now, so I gotta, you know, I gotta get that extra clean fade going all the way up there. A little big action, a little like gotta gotta clean. You gotta be super clean to look super fresh Can I a week ask you later. A question though. Like, mm, what what do you do. put in there? You put mousse in there? Well, right now, there's nothing in there. It's just natural. Like, no, I'm just, saying like. Like last night, did you have anything in there last night? Yeah, like there's a little, little Kevin Murphy. So explain. Don't be there's nervous. Little, You're getting all nervous. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm asking you a simple question. This. Just uh, relax. It takes, Just relax. You know what? It, what do you put? It, what did you put it, in there last Kevin night? Kevin Murphy makes a. Uh, it's called Night Rider. Mm-hmm. It's a little like uh, it's a little product. You go all oh, fidgety and, and stuff. Go, you all nervous beside me, I'm sweating. I'm just ask a simple question. What I'm you nervous because you're sensual. All right, that's why I'm nervous. By the way, Devin. Devin is so good at his job. Like Devin is great. Devin, I just kudos to you, buddy, for for pulling that rejoin together. I just can't say enough uh, wonderful positive things about wow. Devin Kane. Devin, he wants to be nice to you to uh, like on air, but behind closed doors, he's not like this, Devin. Like, no, I'm just, what's I'm up just with pointing that? Out. I'm pointing out my love of Devin. That's all. Very specifically, Devin uh, is the best. Devin, That's grab it. the microphone. That I, means grab the mic, Devin. I, I've no. worked I've worked with Fitz long enough to know that there's something fishy with what he's saying. There's right now. nothing fishy at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Like it's there's something to it. 
Uh, you know what? There's nothing at all. It's Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. That's all I'm doing. I'm just making moments more. Look at me. But Devin, why did he get so nervous when I asked him a simple question about like his gel or his mousse or whatever he puts okay, in his, his hair? Means a lot to him. Like, he doesn't. I know I'm a middle-aged white dude, but is, that doesn't mean called? like <laughs> you just presume that all middle-aged white guys are walking around with some like '80s gel and some like weird mousse. Do you use spritz? No, I don't spritz. I don't spritz. You're the one that was Epsom salting your feet in a tub last night. Yes. And you're talking to me about spritzing? Yes. Now, There's first, a- let me say this because I don't yes. want people listening to think I'm to think I'm nasty. I buy cleaning you t- uh, stuff. Supplies. Supplies. Yeah. There we go. Supplies. As soon as I land in every city, and I disinfect the restroom, the bathtub, and everything. So we, you know, we I have a nice be- size tub because you know I had a suite room. Yeah, um, not everyone got a suite. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. We were walking back to the elevator. No pun like, intended. Hey. I was like, Harry, these are the elevators to the rooms. And he's like, not mine. I'm in a suite. And he just kept on walking. Yeah, so I, I put some Epsom salt in there, some um, alcohol and peroxide as well. Mixed it all in together. And also little bubbles and had my little candles lit in there. I had a nice little bromance with myself. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Sometimes on campus at Bristol, like... If you know if I'm getting comfy, I'll just kick my shoes off and I'll walk in my socks into the bathroom and just like I don't care. I'm just I'm glad like, your badge I, worked this morning because yeah, I didn't want to hear that nonsense. Okay, today. okay. You know what? I'm a professional. <laughs> I, I love the fact that I walk in with Harry Douglas and the guy's like, "Oh, cool, Harry." Who's the guy with you? That's fine. Uh, my name's first on the show when I remember it that way. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh, obviously, uh, I, I want to say this loud about TCU. I think one of the stupidest things being said all across radio today by sports talk people all over the place, one of the absolute dumbest things is should TCU have not made the play or the championship at all rather than get their butts kicked? Like, come on. If you're TCU, you can now sit in every living room in the country and you can look at people and say, hey, with TCU, you can make it to the national championship. You, they beat Michigan to get there. Like, th- this conversation of, oh, it's bad to get your butt kicked, of course it is. But for the kids that were there, for the fans of the program, for the money the program's going to make in the future, for the spotlight that came to TCU in the Big 12, it is dumb to me to think that there's any reason that they would not have wanted to be the there. The funny thing about that is that most of the people that are saying that actually does not know how difficult it is to actually reach a championship game at any level, whether it's middle school, high school, college, the professional level. People don't understand how difficult it is to reach a championship game. And players don't think like that. Players don't think, you know what, I would have rather lose in a semifinals game than get blown out in a national championship game. No, by reaching the national championship game, you have an opportunity to win it. You don't know you're going to get blown out before the game is played. So, like, no one thinks like that. Nobody that, that that's an athlete think, thinks like that that I know. And I keep looking across the board, and I'm like, okay, TCU gets there. And you think about the days we spent talking about TCU, the hype all day. for the T- Sonny Dykes, the head coach of TCU, is known now by people that would never know him otherwise. He can walk into living rooms that otherwise may not have even been aware of who he is when he's recruiting. And he can walk in and say, look, in a playoff expansion world, I can tell you this. TCU can compete to be the Big 12 champion every year. We can compete to make the playoffs every year. And if we make the playoffs, we've shown the world we can beat the Michigans of the world. Yeah. Did that Georgia game go the way that that they wanted it to go? No. But the narrative today doesn't need to be about the deficiencies of TCU. It can be about the greatness of Georgia. Georgia went in and absolutely demolished TCU. But we're not sitting here saying, well, Notre Dame's never going to be able to recruit again because they got their butts kicked in a playoff game. Like That's just part of Notre Dame's culture. TCU will survive this. People learned about a program they never would have learned about otherwise. It's a huge win for them. That's well said by you, my man. Thank you. You know what? That's well said. 
I appreciate the compliments. Because you're a well-rounded young man. Yeah, even if I don't use mousse in my hair? Like, what, what does Harry spritz. Douglas use? I don't spritz. You I, I, do use spritz. No, 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 there's no spritz. I'm, I'm, I'm a spritz-free guy. I, there's no, it's a little like, it's a little like canister of like Spritz is the stuff that makes paste. your hair like hard, right? Yeah, yeah, like spritz is like hairspray sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I don't use any hairspray oh, sort of stuff. No, it's just natural. Like, I don't use anything. These curls are natural. Oh, my God. This is the, this is the <laughs> content you know you need it. Obviously, uh, we want to give a credit to Georgia today. I think that's, yep. that's most important. Heather Dinich, on, uh, ES, ESPN's College Football Reporter on Get Up, said this about Georgia's blowout win and what it means for expansion. I think that you have to take the expansion picture separately because if it were today, if it were 12-team playoff today, guys, we would have USC and Alabama. We would have Penn State and Ohio State playing each other again. Who doesn't want to see that? There are a lot of great matchups that we're all going to be talking about. Conversation is what the playoff's all about in part. It's about the opportunity to grow your program, to grow your platform, to grow the front porch of your college, to get more people interested in what you're doing as an athletics department. That all was achieved by TCU. And in a playoff expansion world, there are going to be more and more chances for the TCUs to become the giant killers. I don't know who will do it, and it didn't happen last night, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen moving forward. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.